When you're traveling down life's Life's Complex roads Listen to audios They do this thing in San Francisco on Golden Gate Park every Sunday where they clear this main drag of traffic. You're not allowed to drive a car on this main road that goes through the park. And it's an amazing vision of what a street could be. It's an amazing vision. If there were no cars on it. It's just crazy how nice it is. And then behind you, I don't know if you can hear this in the recording, but behind me, you hear this just roar, malicious, evil roar of fossil fuel consuming monsters. I know that the anti-car thing annoys people, and I understand that there are vast swaths of the country where... The way that we've built our infrastructure, it's actually not an option to be without a car. You need it to get places, to get your groceries. I drove to this gig yesterday, and I just sat in this car for a good chunk of the day. Stressed out, flying through this city hellscape. And I'm really looking forward to a bunch of good gigs coming up. I'm going to be... Uh, bunch of places and looking to add a bunch more and I'm trying to figure out how to do this. Can I do this without a car? Without a car. And specifically, can I do it on a bike since I love riding my bike so much? And I tried it a couple years ago with a bike train combo thing. And I didn't bring my instrument and that had some complications. I borrowed guitars. That was a little tough. Tough. So I want to bring my guitar. I'm just trying to figure it out. I'm trying to figure out if it's possible, because I really want to do it. Without a car. And see the world from that perspective, and the country from that perspective, and also that pace. I love that pace. I love that pace. But yeah, I guess getting older, part of getting older is... I don't know, figuring out what you care about or deciding what you care about, choosing what to care about. You can't do it all. I mean, you really can't do it all. You have to pick and choose what your battles are. It's like Andrew, Andrew Yang. Yang. Have you heard of Andrew, Andrew Yang? Yang? Andrew Yang. Most people haven't heard of Andrew, Andrew Yang. Yang. They, his supporters call him the Yang. They're on the Yang gang. Andrew, Andrew Yang. Yang. Look up Andrew Yang. I just gave one dollar to Andrew, Andrew Yang, Yang, presidential candidate for 2020. I gave him one dollar because he needs 50,000 individual contributions by May 1st in order to qualify for the debates. He already is polling over 1% nationwide, so that he's got that box checked, but he needs 50,000 individual contributions. I've never given money to a political candidate before, but I, I gave him a dollar because I want to make sure he's part of the national discussion, because he is... I love this guy. Andrew, Andrew Yang. I love him. Look up Andrew, Andrew Yang. Yang. And he's talking about, I mean, he's talking about the universal basic income idea, which he calls the freedom dividend, which is <laughs> brilliant branding. I just love it. And, uh, you know, whether you believe in that or not, or whatever you believe in, I, I really don't care. No one who cares. But you got to believe in something. And so the battle that he's picking, the thing that he's focusing on is this idea that automation, automation is replacing 
manufacturing jobs has replaced manufacturing jobs is soon to replace fast food workers truck drivers millions of truck millions of jobs are going to be automated and those jobs are going to be lost so he's into the freedom dividend universal basic income everybody gets a dividend like a stock holder sharers I don't really understand how that works, but I guess the stockholder, the shareholders get together and they say, Hey, we got a bunch of extra money. Let's just give each other some money. <laughs> you know? So it's like that. Let's just give but for the American each other people. some money. It's like what Alaska does with their oil. Let's just give each other some money. Anyway. 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 So you get older, you pick your battles. You decide what you care about and what you're going to focus on, I guess. And... <laughs> to my surprise, cycling. I've become really into cycling. 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 I still love writing songs and recording them and going and playing them for people. And maybe it's because of all those cumulative hours driving through Los Angeles when I lived there, when I worked there, when I had the office job for 19 months and I was commuting every day. You know, you do the math, it's like two hours a day, five days a week, 10 hours a week, 20 hours every two weeks, 40 hours every month. So basically almost nearly, I mean, figure the weekends, two waking days, full 48 hours just sitting in a car. It's amazing. Malicious, evil. And I sometimes think maybe just the experience of that plus the years of driving around playing music, I've just reached my limit of miles driven. I mean, there's no doubt that it's convenient. There's no doubt it's convenient. Hop in that car, boom, put all your stuff in the back, drive it around. There's no doubt that it's convenient. So I don't know. I'm trying to figure it out. Every time I try to figure it out, I start to feel... I'm about to go to the Midwest, and I'm going to be renting a car. I mean, it's March. They had record snowfall in Minnesota in February. I'm not riding my bike. <laughs> so I'm trying to figure it out. I'm trying to get creative about it. I mean, I'm really... I'm just loving all these shows I've been playing in the last half a year, just by myself, showing up to whatever size venue and doing my thing. I've been feeling really good about the whole thing and I just want to keep doing it and find ways to make it sustainable and fun and profitable and uniquely a reflection of who I am and what I've grown to care about and love. So anyway, that's what I'm thinking about today. Oh, here's a one-bedroom apartment in downtown Toledo. 1200 bucks, And you're like, what are you, fucking high? There's no grocery store down here. Like, there's, there's, like, restaurants that are open Monday through Thursday, like, noon to 2. And there's no grocery store down here. There's one grocery store. Yeah. Uh, it's very small, and it was built by that company. Um... But it's also not something like, it's not like Brooklyn where I can walk downstairs and grab a tomato somewhere. I like, know. I have to I get know. in my car to go to the place. And I know it seems like uh, um, like me whining about being like an active member of a Midwest community, but like I f fucking hate driving. I hate having to drive everywhere. That's why we moved from the neighborhood that we were in to the downtown section so that I could just walk back and forth to work. Yeah. I am, I, so 
par- so. So, so so I'm so so in my job as a singer songwriter, uh, I'm really have had a long time desire to try to find a way to bike, make the touring thing work in a bicycle mm-hmm. or bike train combo way. Yeah, I was thinking about it yesterday when I was coming from when I was driving through Chicago. And it's like, it said, you know, it'll take me four hours and 14 minutes to get to Toledo. And throughout the entire hour-long drive through Chicago, that stayed at 4.14. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's just a nightmare. There's nothing more soul-crushing it's than not o'clock. seeing the GPS, like, time amount go down. Where you're like, I've been in here for an hour and it's still going to take three hours? Yeah. This, this is, is my friend Dylan Wise, who's a wonderful singer-songwriter. You can look him up on the internet. He's also a podcast maker. He makes a podcast called Song Wise about making songs. And... I'm sure I can speak for him and certainly myself that as I listen back to this conversation and I hear us both talking about how there's nothing more soul-crushing than watching the Google Maps estimated time of arrival not advance, I'm sure he would agree with me that there are certainly more soul-crushing things than that such as not being able to cross the border to see your family or being unable to eat or sleep in a sheltered space. Uh, We all live in our own realities, and uh, right now, some of us are living in very different realities than others of us. So, yeah. He's aware of that, and I'm aware of that. Okay, so... But that's so. <laughs> <laughs> so at the end of the day, that's just not feasible, right? I mean, you know, it's sort of what know. are you going to do, and 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 how do you make these choices, right? And I'm sort of, you know, <laughs> uh, we should hop on a call to figure this out later. Can you ping me once you ping me in the back half of the day? I'm gonna, I've got a lot I got to do. There's a lot on my plate, and honestly, we need a lot of ground cover and air control on this situation. <laughs> so if you could just ping me. When uh, when we can circle back, <laughs> circle back. So I just true. wanted to check in on the ping. Yeah, yeah. Is there any possible way for me to do this bike tour? Um. So. Uh, <laughs> it's it's really. Yeah. I think it's I think it's possible, but you'd be limiting yourself to like a very small area. Um, you get of, text messages on yeah, there. Yeah, so just, a text I, message sorry. gets relayed to the phone. Yeah, and then it can I it, see it? And then it pings to my is that Slack. Slack? Okay, yeah. so so someone's asking me a work question. Need to know ASAP something about this partnership. The goal is to have some contact, and if we are redirecting the people on our site. Yeah, so that's something that I can dismiss and just ignore. Okay, I would direct them straight to the site. Try yeah. to keep it in house. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you want to you want to circle back on the pie flow. <laughs> Um, so we're so... trying to direct a lot of our attention to our site, right? Yeah. And we need. <laughs> The mid-sentence right is also something I can't hang with because right? you're, not, you're not asking. You're just asking for, you're like, please agree with me without me actually wanting you to agree with me so I can continue monologuing. It's, it's conversation <laughs> tricks that you learn being a liar yeah. where you're like, I'm lying, right? Yeah. And you, you're going along with this, right? Yeah. Um, stay with me. <laughs> it's the same thing as like, 
at a party, if people are having like a really intelligent conversation, uh-huh. you only have to say one word to look like you know what they're talking about. So like you say something like politically smart. Yeah. Oh, I don't know if this is smart or not, but I mean, if you look at the numbers in Wisconsin, you add Jill Stein and Hillary Clinton's vote toll together, they beat Donald Trump. I mean, that's a there's a progressive will in Wisconsin. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you have to do. <laughs> and people are like, wow, Dylan gets it. <laughs> thank yes, you. Yes, thank you. So, so <laughs> Jesus. Exactly. Okay, yes. You would take the train to Toledo, and yep. then you would, you would play in Cleveland, Toledo, and um, Detroit. Sure. And had, have to have a day off probably between those two to get to them. And then you would, I guess, get back on the train. Okay, so let's dig into this, because since I recorded this audio in the Midwest, I did that whole tour, I came back to California, and I did three shows in three days with the bicycle and bringing my guitar. I took a ferry from San Francisco to Vallejo, stayed with my friend Alam in the morning. I biked to Davis, which was 53.3 miles. And that took all day, but I got there and it was good, man. It was good to do the gig and it was fine. And my friend Brianna, who's done a number of these regional bike tours, says that 50 miles is the max with a show at the end of the day. You know, you can go longer, but those have got to be travel days. So this was 53.3 miles, and she's right. It was it was fine to do the gig. I was pretty tired afterwards, but it was no problem. Next day, Davis to Sacramento, no sweat. 16 miles. No sweat. Real mellow. There was a section of it that was pretty sketchy during the daytime, so... I didn't want to do that at night, so I took a train back. Direct train, Sacramento to Davis, roll the bike on and off. No prob. No prob. Next day, I woke up. And I hadn't planned on doing this. I was going to take a train from Davis part of the way to Berkeley. But I just felt like I wanted to try it and see how far I could go. So 76 miles from Davis to Berkeley with a show at 8 p.m. 76 miles. And when I left Davis, my estimated time of arrival via Google Bike Directions was 5.38 p.m. And I arrived at the gig at 7.53 p.m., which is not a whole lot of time, but pretty close. I mean, I made it in time, but it was pretty close. Fortunately, it was this in-the-round show with my friends Justin Farron and Wes Collins, who were very gracious and understanding about this experiment, and they did the sound check and set it up without me. So we were all good to go. We started on time. It was a great show. But I was really tired and achy and... That was a toughie. 76 miles was a toughie. I think Brianna's right on about that 50-mile mark. So before I had done all this, I'm talking to my friend Dylan, and I'm imagining this regional tour, right? So what's the reality of that? Well, let's say you're flying to Detroit. It's 56.9 miles from Detroit to Toledo. There's an alternative route that is 68.7 miles, so I don't know which route's best, but, you know, that's, that's a long haul. Both of those are a long haul for one day. Maybe you do the travel in the day, spend the night, and then do the show the next day. Toledo to Cleveland is 120 miles. And it looks like it's on a pretty trail, the coast, North Coast Inland Trail, but it's 120 miles. That's two 60-mile days, you know, or one 100-mile day to 
Oberlin. Maybe you go to Oberlin. I don't know. It, it just, it's going to take a lot of planning, man. It's, it's all good, but it's going to take a lot of planning. But I think it's worth it. I think it's worth it. It's possible. Um, it's. I also had this dream that maybe it's like a state thing. It's like, for the month of whatever, I'm in Rhode Island. I like that. I thought that would be. I like that. Okay, that's, yeah. All right. Because at least you're giving yourself some time to get from one place to another because, wait, you're going to have your guitar on you? That's the other thing, is I did a bike tour. I did an attempt at this. I remember this. A while ago, and I borrowed guitars at the gigs. And it kind of worked. It kind of worked. But it was also... It kind of worked. It kind of worked. It kind of worked. I think if you did it, you'd have to commit fully to bringing your guitar. I think so, too. Yeah. A nation that believes that our gift to the world is life. And a culture that believes their gift to the world is death. Nothing could be clearer than the spiritual nature of this war. And let us not forget that it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit saith the Lord. Secondly, there is a tension between that which is material and that which is spiritual. And there is a tension between that which will happen tomorrow and that which needs to happen today. Do you know that when you study prophecy, if you're not careful, you can get so heavenly minded, you're no earthly good. Have you noticed that? I know people like that. They can tell you about all the ten toes on Daniel's beast, but they wouldn't know a poor neighbor if it walked up and hit him. They can tell you all the nuances of all the prophetic schemes of all the things that are going to happen in the future, but they've never understood that this is in the Bible to motivate us to live in a current living style that is holy and righteous and godly. So as we study the prophetic events that stretch out into the horizons beyond which many of us perhaps will live, let's not forget that God has given us that truth so that we can ask this question. Then live. How shall we then live? The principles of holiness and righteousness and godliness are at the other end of the prophetic truths. If we know these things are going to happen, we should live godly and righteous in Christ Jesus so that we will not be ashamed at his coming. And also knowing that we have but a short time to serve him. The tension between what is to happen tomorrow and what is to happen today. And then finally, the last tension is the tension between the international and the individual. It is so easy when you talk about things like this to get caught up in the generalities of nations and countries and movements. But I want to tell you something, men and women, the Bible is not primarily about nations. It's primarily about individuals. It's not primarily about the salvation of a nation. It's about the salvation of an individual. God wrote this book for you and for me. It is a book for each of us. And he tells us his secrets in this book so that we can be involved in what he is doing and understand our times and read our papers with more understanding. But the real purpose of this book is God's love letter from heaven to earth. It is God's message of hope to each and every one of us. It is not an international book, it's an individual book. And it's as if God were saying to you, I want you to know all that's going on in this world so you can really understand, first of all, how much I love you. 
and what a plan I have for you that not only brings you hope and life and peace in this world, but takes you out of this world to be with me before all hell breaks loose where you currently live. And if all that happens to us when we come to these services on the Lord's Day is we walk out of here and we're a lot smarter about international things than we were when we came in, I will have felt like I have failed miserably in this series. This series is about the importance of you. You, mister, who came with your wife today reluctantly. You, ma'am, who heard the gospel but never done anything about it. You, young person who want to sow your wild oats and then get things right. All of you, each of you, individually, wherever you are in the midst of this, if you don't know Jesus Christ, knowing about prophecy will not help you at all. You will go to hell as a more intelligent person, that's all. What a radical shame that would be. To look back and say, I sat in a service where a pastor stood up and proclaimed the gospel. I heard his telling of the future and what God has in store for those who love him and those who reject him. And I just kind of schmoozed my way all the way through it and never responded at all. So I'm going to ask you today, if you do not know Jesus Christ, put aside all the rest of this. And it's one-on-one -on -one between you and God. What would you say if you stood before him today and he said to you, Sir, ma'am, why should I let you into my heaven? And if you cannot say with certainty because there was a day in my life when I trusted your son Jesus Christ as my own savior you will not be allowed into God's heaven there is I think I'd say do they have pad thai is there good pad thai there or what's the Americano situation do they have nice thick Americanos and no man comes to the father except through me that's the big one if you do not know him, that's the big one. I want to give you the opportunity. Ooh, nice. Some tunes. Here's some tunes. We hope you enjoyed today's Turning Point Weekend Edition with Dr. <laughs> David Jeremiah. You can also hear Turning Point Monday through Friday on a radio station near you. To find one or to contact us, just good to be in Wisconsin. Let's see what the. Uh, it is good to be in Wisconsin. This is just one one part of it. This is national, bro. Wow, man, some heavy shit laying down here Sunday morning. Man, it's you know it's ten fifty six a.m. It's a beautiful day. Guys, really throwing down. Get the details when you contact us at davidjeremiah.org slash radio. That's davidjeremiah.org slash radio.